Hello, my name is Taylor DeSormo. I'm the sports editor of Central Michigan Life. I'm here with Andrew Sermo, the assistant sports editor, and also Evan Shishello is joining us today for Maroon and Bold. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing good. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, so we got a couple topics to get into today. So there's some good stuff. The first one we're going to talk about is which CMU basketball team is more prepared for a March run. So we'll get into that in a second. Um, so you guys can think about that for a second. Another a couple other things we're going to talk about is what are the top five CMU sports to attend? A lot of people are probably going to go with football, but there's some other things too. I'm curious what you guys have to think about that. Also, mm -hmm. where does lacrosse fit into that spectrum? Lacrosse had their first game of their program history on Sunday against Michigan, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also talk about how um, how their records affect the attendance of these sports and maybe some of the stories we got coming out mm -hmm. in the next week or two. But before we get into talking about the March run, Serma, run down what happened this week in senior All sports. right. For the weekend rundown, we had on Friday men's basketball lost at Akron, 92-87. Yep. Uh, also on Friday, gymnastics lost to Eastern Michigan by .200 points. It was 90, uh, 195.600 to uh, 195.400, so tough loss. It was their best uh, score of the year, but they still lost. First loss of, of the season, but was not a MAC uh, conference uh, yep. meet or match. Got a couple wrestling victories. Yeah, we go on uh, down to Sunday. We oh, On Saturday, we had women's basketball. Ooh. Buzzer beater victory a good over we'll uh, Bowling one. Green State University. That was a 76-75 final. And then in wrestling, they rolled past Buffalo despite getting down early uh, 6-0 due to uh, disqualification at the 125 pound weight class. The final was 30 to 9. Awesome. That's the weekend rundown. Thanks, Serma. So, March run. We got two teams the CMU men's and women's basketball team. Mm -hmm. They came into the weekend with, I think, a six game and a four game winning streak between the two of them. Yep. Now that you said the men lost on Friday, the women were able to just eke out a victory on a buzzer beater on Saturday. Yeah. Wesley Hudson goes into the lane and hits a layup as time expires. That was a great one. Now, coming into the season, I think it was the men's basketball team everyone was talking about. Oh, yeah. Chris Fowler coming back. John Simon's hitting those threes. They were the, uh, the favorite to win the Mid-American Conference. Slow start. They, they picked back up. I almost beat Akron, who was probably the, the best team in the MAC mm -hmm. on Friday. Mm -hmm. So there, there's that side of it. Now you got the women's team. They, are spoke, they lost Crystal Bradford. That's been the narrative. A couple thousand-point scorers. Uh, yeah, multiple thousand-point scorers. Some rebounders are like, all right, we only have freshmen. No one picked them to win anything because mm -hmm. who do they have? A couple freshmen that no one's ever heard of. All of a sudden, they are on a what is a six-game winning streak six right game now. Six-game winning streak. At least so, yeah, six so games. Now they're second in the MAC. If the if the season ended right now, they'd be one game out of winning the MAC like MAC regular season championship. So, I guess my question to you guys is: when you look at these two teams, you got the youth of the women's team, the experience of the men's team. Which one do you think is more primed and prepared to make a serious run in March between, between the MAC tournament and maybe also the NCAA tournament? You want to take this one first? I'll take it first. Um, <clears throat> Got to go with the men. Right. Uh, I know the women are playing very well right now under Sue Guevara. She's doing a tremendous job with that team, and they got some solid freshmen, Presley Hudson, Raina Frost, and a very young squad that's going to do well for the next few years. But this men's team, you talk about experience. You know, they got the seniors, you got John Simons, you got Chris Fowler in that starting lab. I mean, both men's and women's teams are pretty similar. Both are pretty good at home, average on the road, and they both have eight-person rotations. And I think the men's, that's going to suit them well. Uh, you have Chris Fowler coming back healthy now, but his timing's perfect. You have John Simons, he's starting to get a little a stroke from the three-point range now. 
especially Josh Kaczynski coming off the bench too. Those three MUs will be alive and well for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. the, the, um, the X factor, I feel like the star of the season, junior guard Braylon Rayson. This was not supposed to be Braylon Rayson's team. This was supposed to be Chris Fowler's team. Mm -hmm. Fowler got injured. He took over. He's averaging 16.6 points per game. Okay, no one thought that he'd be the leader of the team and points right now be Chris Fowler's team. I mean, Fowler comes in at 15.9. He's only played in 16 games. You have Rayshon Simmons, Simmons is averaging double figures. He mm -hmm. starts every game. John Simons. Luke Meyer's gotten stronger this season. Deron Scott's a great backup. Mm -hmm. uh, Austin Stewart provides a spark off the bench. So this eight-person rotation for this very experienced men's team. And then we talk about the women. Yeah, the women are very good. They might have a chance of winning on that last Saturday, that first week in March. Then you talk about they have to go to Cleveland against the MAC is going to promote that. That's going to be a packed. The house LeBron built is going to be packed. Oh boy! Oh boy! So, because what, what are the women right now in the the MAC? Are they nine and two? Uh, nine, nine and two, two. fifteen Fif seven overall. Yeah. Whereas the men are six and four in the MAC and thirteen and ten overall. So, does that concern you? Like the record for the men? Like what what went wrong earlier in the season? And do you think they've fully corrected that? I think it was they lost Chris Fowler. That really hurt them a lot. They had to go to Florida and they got blown out basically in three games in the, the Stero, Florida, the Gulf Coast Showcase. Uh, they didn't really have a good non-conference schedule, but what else is new? Uh, this season, though, uh, you know, they got beaten by, a little bit by injuries, some inconsistency. I mean, last year was just crazy for CMU fans to get, mm -hmm. even when they had Blake Hibbets and everybody, and they were all just shooting lights out. Every single game, it, it was apparent they were going to make go to Buff, play against Buffalo in the MAC mm -hmm. Championship very early. Uh, this season, a little bit of a different story. You got all the injuries and whatnot, but now everyone's fully healthy. And that, combined with the experience, gives them the edge over a very talented but still too young women's basketball team. Okay. Sermon, what do you think? I Which team know. is more prepared for a run? I, got, I can see your points. i got to disagree with you, though. i got to say the women's basketball team is trending upwards. They're growing together every single day. What I am scared of is that they're getting hot at, the, at a little bit too early. Really? Uh, yeah, how many games do they have left? In, in there is one, season? two, three, four, five, six, seven more games. They're on seven, seven game win streak with seven games remaining, six or six games, six yeah. game win streak with seven games remaining. They might be getting hot too early. You know, they might be falling apart at the end. But having said that, and you're not going to slow down your team though, right now, right? <laughs> having said that, I, they're trending upwards. Like I said, mm -hmm. the men's team is, all, is shooting 36 percent from the three point line. The women are shooting 34 percent from the three point line. Uh, Cassie Breen is having herself a great sophomore campaign. Tanara Moore is having a great sophomore campaign. And the thing that I take, the reason I take the women's over the men's team is because I think the bigs of the women's team will be able to carry them in the tournament. 985 rebounds for the women's team uh, compared to 809 of, uh, from the men's team. Sports a little bit different, but I just think that the bigs are too dominant and it, it creates just havoc for the defense. You have to worry about the shooters and Breen and Hudson uh, to get, you know, stretches it out, but then you have to condense it en enough to stop the post players. Mm -hmm. Tara Moore and Raina Fo Frost are f have been forces this season. Yeah. So you look at the women's team, they've only made the NCAA tournament once in, mm -hmm. in their history. I think they're probably, right now, they're the second best team on the women's side. The, the men's team, they're probably mm -hmm. second, third, fourth, maybe top fifth. In, uh, on the men's side, I think an interesting thing to look at is 
both of them, are, I think, are, have a good chance to make a run. Would you guys both agree with that? Definitely. I think we could be seeing yeah. two championship games on that Saturday. That in, would be something crazy. I yeah. think the men's team is not the best representative for the MAC conference this year. You think Akron's better? I think, I think Akron's better. That may change by the end of the season, by they the time of the Akron tournament. In the year, you think, do you think CMU will make it to the championship game on the men's side? Yeah, I think they will, but I, st- I don't think that they are the best. Looking at their non-conference schedule, and I know that the team has grown since then, okay. but I just don't think that they are able to compete at the next level of competition. All right, I think another thing you have to look at is who are those best teams in both leagues. Ohio has yeah. clearly shown that they're the class of the MAC on the women's side. That's pretty much who you got to beat. Yeah. I think there's a lot of the there's not as much parity maybe in the women's side. There's there's a lot of teams in the, the women's side that are just not very good. CMU should be able to beat them. Yeah. Whereas the men's side, there's a lot of teams even at the bottom of the conference that could beat CMU quite easily on any given night. So I think there's there's a little bit more range between the best team and the worst team in the women's. Um, so the Ohio's really good. There's some really bad teams. And the men's side, it's really close, I think. And I, I don't know if that's good or bad for CMU on, on either end of it, but I think it's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, I got to see where Fowler goes in these next couple games. Yeah. I mean, the women, at least they're learning to close out games, but they can't win yeah. games by the skin of your teeth right there. I mean, 66-65 at Eastern and then 76-75. Yeah. You have a win on a Raina Frost block in I- Ipsy, and then – Presley Hudson's uh, layup because time expired. Yeah. Well, the thing about, about about this game though, this uh, game against Bowling Green is they at one point they were shooting sixty eight point three percent from the three Bowling point Green. line. Bowling Green was they made eleven three pointers in a row. 11, that doesn't happen. Sixteen ever. on the whole on the game. I, I heard mean, that on the radio. I'm like that can't be right. That can't eleven be right. consecutive three pointers. I mean that was an, an anomaly in and of itself, but they still found a way to win the game. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's impressive. And then there's me. Eastern on the road. See, anytime a road game, you anytime win on the road. road so. I don't know. I think they're they're both in pretty good positions. And then let's say they both win that MAC tournament. Which one do you think has a better chance at upsetting one of those high seeds in the NCAA tournament? Probably sticking with the men's, just nice. because of experience. I mean, you're going to get the, the young woman squad up against the su- supreme talent of the country, basically, from Power 5 schools mm. like Michigan State or something. And the men, you know... When they're experienced and they're, they're talented and they're all healthy, with Keno Davis as, as head coach, this team is very dangerous, as you can see. Uh, when Chris Fowler gets in the lane, drives, and scores, when he kicks it out yeah. to uh, John Simons or uh, Josh Kaczynski on the three-point line, or when he does a pick-and-roll with Luke Meyer, it's very dangerous. And mm-hmm. that, that would work with, well with them against uh, better competition women. And They're a good team. MU, right? Yeah, three you can, MU. You can hit threes. You have a chance of upsetting people. And yeah. the Chippewas can go <laughs> up at any true. time in the men's team. The women, I think they could probably do that too. They just don't have the experience the men do. That, I think that's the only difference, really. I mean, the women's have team has shown that they can come back. They have a switch, and I asked them about it, and I asked Breen about it, and Sue Guevara shut the question down <laughs> and wouldn't let them answer. But, um, no, they have a switch. They turn it on and off, and when they, t- want, they get together and they say, hey, we got to start playing ball, they're able to do it. I mean, the women's, they, they're going to have the score for it for the next two years with Hudson, Breen, Moore, and, and yeah. Frost. And then shape. they have a good bench, too. That's what that's what Guevara said. I think the key for them to get going forward is Riri Turner at the point because she's the senior. She's supposed to get rally this team together for these last seven games, four of them which are on the road, and they're not that good of a road team. Yeah. They're 500 on the road mm-hmm. overall. But Riri Turner, she's averaging 8.3 points per game. She's got 77 assists this season. If she can be the catalyst of this offense to last – 
mm-hmm. something games these last seven games and into the tournament then they could have a real chance I think something interesting is when you look at men's basketball in general, college basketball, you have teams that are having all freshmen, they're winning championships, they don't have the experience, but they have the young talent. A lot of times they go over to the NBA or go somewhere else, maybe Europe, something, they leave early. The women's side doesn't really have that, so those teams that are really good are those really experienced teams, so I think that helps the men's case when if they can get that far, and they might be more experienced than... Any than some of those teams, even like Kentucky and stuff, that have all freshmen. Not saying that they're they're better athletes or anything, but mm-hmm. if you have that experience and you're able to hit those threes, and maybe you catch the freshman on a bad night, like you never know what can happen with when you have those experienced shooters, like you've been mentioning, Evan. I think bottom line is uh, whoever gets hot at the right time. Yeah, I mean it could be anybody. Whoever gets hot really at the right could. time, whoever can start making threes, they can upset anybody. In the oh, tournament. That's why the tournament's great. It's great. I can't <laughs> That's wait. why it's great. It's getting warm out. It's almost We got March. time. I'm getting so pumped for, for some basketball. Oh, yeah. So speaking about just sports in general, which is kind of what we do as, as That's sports what we do. writers at CMI right. here, um, we're going to look at one of the questions we posed earlier in the show was looking at what are the top five most exciting CMU sports to attend. So we're kind of thinking about this in the context. We added lacrosse. Um, and their first game was mm-hmm. yesterday. I don't know if they're necessarily in the top five most exciting sports to watch. I, we, it hasn't even happened yet. They haven't even had a home game. But it kind of makes you think, all right, what are the sports that, that CMU students and CMU alumni care about? Um, and I, I'm curious what you guys think. What are If you could go to five different sporting events for different teams, what are your top five? For me personally, a packed McGurk. For a men's basketball game. That's number one. Number one. Right. A packed McGurk for a wrestling match. Really? A wrestling meet. Those, you never heard anything as intense and loud and and personal. Those wrestling dads, man. It gets loud. It, it's it's a pretty cool scene in McGurk. Uh, three, CMU football. Okay. Four, I'd have to go with women's basketball. Great women's basketball game. Five, it's tough. I'd have to go with a, a warm day at sunny Tennyson Stadium. Sonny Tennyson. Sonny Tennyson. Um, <laughs> At the baseball. All right. I think those are my top five. Okay, what about you, Evan? What are you thinking? Got to say number one, you got basketball in McGurk Arena. You oh. can't beat that with the pack student sections and both sides of the arena. And they're probably one of the better ones in the back. It's intimate. Two, I'm going with football because I think everyone likes football, even though our student section kind of can leave a game uh, far too soon. You have a tendency to do yeah. that. Uh, but for the first half, it's usually good. I mean, I remember. It's cold out there. Yeah, I remember the Tuesday night game against Toledo was pretty packed, but then it was cold, and then Pines was that night. So everybody. <laughs> See you later. Everyone kind of ducked out, but you know what? Gone it's football. Forever. I mean, you had Oklahoma State coming in there, the, the Big Twelve competitor, and mm. it depends on who they get. But football can be a really good atmosphere. Number three, I got track and field because I covered track what? and field last year, oh, the Mid American Conference Championships. When uh, you get some world class Olympians. You must know the, something I don't know. <laughs> It's pretty intense. It's when when Jack, people want to come to Jack's Hoogan Run Track, it's a loud, intense environment, and it's, oh, wor- it's worth a few hours. Yeah. It's worth a few hours. Because right, you covered the check. MAC championships yeah, this year, right? Yeah, that's what I'm basing it Check off. out a, a track event. That's interesting. So that was your number three. Probably indoor track and field. Yeah. Okay. What about number four? I'm going to go with volleyball. Uh, I think I've seen enough CME volleyball to know what they can do, and you have people like Jordan Beater and mm-hmm. Taylor Roberts and Jessica Mitree with their, with their kill when the crowd gets electric that's pretty exciting and number five i got lacrosse and i'm basing it off 
the exhibition I covered in October and the game I covered yesterday in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty intense environment. Uh, you have a lot of parents there, a lot of supporters, and it's a very, very large sort of atmosphere, okay. but small bleachers and people in the stands, but they're always loud and gets pretty intense when it's a close game. So you said pr- that there was more maroon and gold fans in Ann Arbor yesterday than there were Michigan fans there, right? Right, but I think Michigan, that's their third year of the program, yeah, and yeah. Michigan, of course, they love John B. Lai and Jim Harbaugh. I don't know if women's lacrosse is on their top five over yeah, there in Ann Arbor, sure. but uh, it was the first game in program history. A lot of parents were there driving all over the country to come. And Canada, you, even, you said? Yeah, Jocelyn LeMay, the only Canadian on the roster, her mom traveled to Ann Arbor to see her daughter play. <laughs> that's I think when I think about my, my top five, some of the common things I've seen between all three of us are they're the sports that we've covered personally. I think it's natural. Yeah. Like we, You've been at a lot of wrestling meets. You've been at a lot of volleyball meets, Evan. Yeah. I think when you go and you watch and you learn about these players and these teams and these coaches, like you, you just kind of draw closer to them. You become interested when you mm-hmm. write their stories and stuff. I think you just – I mean, obviously we're always still objective, but it just becomes something like a spectacle. It becomes more interesting to watch. And yeah. I mm-hmm. look at my top five, and I see a lot of the same – teams that, that I've covered in my time here. So number one, I'd have to say football. Um, I, I haven't actually been in the student section since my sophomore year. That mm-hmm. was back when it was in the end zone and people were just packed in there. And I just remember thro- ha- having people thrown in the air and like every point they <laughs> scored and being out there in the rain and the cold and like whatever happened, like you were there. It was football. Mm-hmm. It was, that, was, that was college. That's yeah. what college is. So I'd have to put football number one. It's not U of M. It's not Michigan State but it's Central Michigan. It, it's definitely got its own flair to it. Number two, I'd put men's basketball. Maybe I have them a little lower because I haven't been to a men's basketball game as just a fan since a sophomore also. And that was when they – I might not have even gone that year. It was They were not very good fr- my freshman no. sophomore year, two years ago and three years ago. It wasn't an exciting environment. When, when you're winning ten games a year, it's, it's not as fun to go. When you're hitting three-pointers and winning Alley-oops. 20 games a year, alley-oops to Duran Scott and Luke Meyer – of yeah. course, it's got to be more fun. It's fun. It, I've enjoyed it covering it as a as a writer, but I haven't been in the student section um, in these past two years. So maybe that's why I have them at number two instead of one. Mm. Three, I'd put women's basketball. Um, just being there on Saturday was was pretty spectacular, and seeing them, the fans just get excited. They knew that CMU was just reeling them in, right, closer and closer. And to see it, them hit that last second shot, that's got to give some momentum to this attendance as, it, as we go forward. I think so. I definitely think so. Um, what number are you at? That was number three. Um, number four, <sighs> uh, four, five, and six I got between baseball, gymnastics, and uh, uh, volleyball. I'm awesome. going to have to go probably – I'm going to go gymnastics at four just because it's like nothing I've ever seen before. You don't see gymnastics on TV. Like, I, I covered it my sophomore year, and I'm like, what mm-hmm. is this? This is the weirdest thing. I don't even know what's going on. And just to see them, like, flipping, like, 40 times and doing all this crazy flexible stuff that I can't even dream of, like, it was amazing. And to see how excited the, the students mm-hmm. and the parents get about about that game, about the, those meets, is just something to, to – it's a spectacle, really. And mm-hmm. volleyball, too, it's, it's a very powerful sport. I think of – um, like the spikes and the blocks and all that. It reminds me of dunks in yeah. basketball, and those are like the most exciting things in basketball. They happen a couple times a game. In volleyball, they happen almost every play. You see the yeah. ball flying around there. I remember one time the ball was hit. Seeing you hit the ball, 
and it hit a, a girl from the other team in the head, and it literally oh. snapped the headband on her head. Total facial. That's, that's how powerful those spikes are. Total facial. I, I couldn't believe it. I was just sitting there. I'm like, what is this sport? It was so fun to watch. You, you don't watch volleyball on a regular basis, but it's pretty fun to watch. So that would probably be my number five. And baseball was, gets Some an honorable toss mention. Up. You want to know my bugaboo with football? Uh-oh. This is my bugaboo with CMU football. I guess we're going to hear it. They're going to drop $20 million, some uh, ridiculous 10 to, 10 to $20 million on a facility. But why not winter-proof Kelly Short Stadium? Make it indoor? Well, no, not necessarily that. Spartan Stadium has a nice heated student section. How do they heat the student section? They have a heater. I don't know. I don't know, but go ask the Spartans will. They they have a nice heated student section. You're going to ask Central Michigan, the school that does not. If they're going to put 20 million in in for some, uh, you know, some nice. Sweet seating and whatever it may be. Having forty thousand people packed in also heats it a little too. I don't know. That's a good point, but I I think that they can do take measures to winterize the stadium, make the stadium cool. Be just beyond that. Or not put, cool. Put put a sp- <laughs> put a speaker up in the by the student section. I mean, get it. Do something. Well, do do something. Get a get a new scoreboard. A video board. I think a video would board would be hopefully part of that ten to twenty million dollars. There'll be a lot of people that say, "Please don't do that. You're wasting our money." This this is money that's being raised by athletics. It's not it's not coming out of tuition. Don't worry about that. Right. I think a nice scoreboard like Michigan State mm-hmm. has or something would really enhance the experience, and you won't have people watching from their dorms. And if you got heaters, Central Michigan football that. is lame. Really? Well, you you're a Michigan guy, right? Doesn't even matter. So you you are. What's your best mi- football experience? I'm guessing the Big House. Actually, my, f- I mean in game, yeah, the Big House. Uh, yeah, well, I'm a Michigan fan, but regardless, Central Michigan football, for the past since Dan LaFever left, since that team left, has been lame. What take anyone? Have some good support, not support. I mean, Central Michigan, when they had Dan LaFever, who became a legend in the CFL, you had Antonio Brown, who's one of the best NFL wide receivers in the league. I mean, but you got Cooper Rush coming back for a senior. He's been a tremendous quarterback. He's yeah. been getting better and better. I this can't tell if it's sarcasm. I guess the question is, are you talking about the product on the field or the game day atmosphere? Or both? Both. Both, yeah. Both. I think that the game day atmosphere won't allow the product on the field to be that exciting. We talked about this for many long time. Uh, Central Michigan football is an average team with subpar attendance, and I think that's kind of the stereotype people pin to Central Michigan football. But we've got some good players. I mean, we had the number one overall pick in the NFL, Eric Fisher. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Thomas Rawls was here. He's played in sub- start next year with uh, Marshawn Lynch retiring yesterday. Yeah, we have Frank but Zombo still in did the we league. Re- did we recruit uh, Thomas Rawls? I, mean, I believe we did. We got him. To Michigan, but then he fell Fell off at Michigan. Hey, came how here. did we get him here? That's true, I suppose. But I, I don't know what you know, what you know, Butch Jones, Brian Kelly did to get these these athletes here back then. But I'm not sure if the culture changed, if what it was. It's, it's lame. Bono's bringing it back a little bit to, for me. Okay. But I just I just don't I, doesn't do it for me. I think to kind of sum up the whole conversation here, we talk about all right, it's a football team. You say it, the atmosphere is lame. The game day atmosphere. In general. They come sweep you out of the tailgates. What are we talking about right now? We're talking about football in February. Eh, When there's eh. nothing football related really going on. They had the signing day a week ago. It's the one-year anniversary of John Bonamigo. It is is today. Happy anniversary, Johnny Bono. Bono, baby. So 
But still, anniversary. It's I think it's just the nature of CMU, and maybe just Michigan sports in general. Of football is still king. More people go to that than oh, yeah. any other sporting yeah. event. We're still talking about football in February when we got two great basketball teams. We talked about them a little earlier in the show, but still we had these two great women, women's and men's basketball teams, and we're talking about football. So I think that kind of just shows you maybe where where it's at. Maybe it, they definitely have room for improvement. Yeah. I'll agree with you on that. I'm talking about it because. Can. I, I want a product on the field as a student to be proud of. Yeah. And if you guys felt that yet in your time here. Make a bowl game. We got to go to the Bahamas on Christmas Eve and a drive to motor, to the Motor City to watch at Fort Field. If you're expecting to be so. number 23 every year like no, Dan Fever, it's, it's kind of a, a pipe dream. That's what we grew up with, but that's not the norm. How many big-time conference games have we – Toledo this year, okay. That was good, yeah. That was a good game. But how many big-time football games have come in here that have – not just, okay, we have Oklahoma State coming in here, mm-hmm. that have implications for a championship. Not for a while. Not a lot. So, not a lot well, lately. But that, you know. Definitely interesting to talk about. They're n- definitely not irre- irrelevant. So no, we'll, not, no. we'll have more conversations with that. We're hoping to get Bonamigo actually on our show one of these weeks. So uh, yeah. keep up with that. We'll let you know how that's going. Um, Ho- hopefully, he'll, John Bonamigo, if you're listening, uh, come prove to me why CMU football is not lame. We got some good recruits sure. coming in yeah. next year. We got the Edwards brothers. That there's lots to talk about with them. Braylon um, Edwards on the sideline would make CMU football not lame. Yeah, I, I think that would definitely bring something <laughs> to it. Although it's coming from a Michigan guy here with Andrew Sermon. Okay, so, so let, our last thing. <laughs> oh, that's Edward? all we got time for today. Oh wow, we'll, we'll have to. Uh, we'll get to some more stuff next Monday. Um, kind of a shameless plug here, Evan Shishella here. I think you're going to be on another podcast later today. Is that right? Yep, on Sportsmanlike Conduct with uh, Colin Logson and. Von Lausanne. So. And what are some of the topics you guys are talking about? Probably Super Bowl. Super and then Bowl. we'll pay oh, Manning yeah, for possible retirement and the Camden fiasco. Let's hope talk about those things. Yeah, so definitely tune in to some un- unsportsmanlike podcast, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct yes. with Evan mm-hmm. Shishella and, and the gang. Um, Evan, thanks for coming on today. Appreciate you joining us. No problem. It was fun. Yeah, definitely. And Surma, always, always a pleasure. As always. Uh, that's about it here for Maroon and Bold. Uh, thank you for listening and fire up chips.